Hi, I'm Chris Klink, and you're listening to my Writing Table Podcast. Gabrielle St. George is a Canadian screenwriter and story editor with credits on over 100 produced television shows, both in the U.S. and Canada. She writes humorous mysteries and domestic noir about subjects of which she is an expert, mostly failed relationships, hence her debut soft-boiled series, The Ex-Whisperer Files, which launched with How to Murder a Marriage in July of 2021 from boutique American mystery publisher Level Best Books. To step into the shoes of her main character, Gina Malone, a relationship advice columnist and author of several best-selling books, St. George wrote actual self-help guides under the guise of her character, The Ex-Whisperer, and the books quickly found a devoted following online. Gabrielle lives on a fairy tale farm along the Saugeen River and spends weekends at her 1930s cabin on the shores of Lake Huron with her partner, current coupling still alive and kicking, and their extremely disobedient dogs. Welcome, Gabrielle. Hi, thanks for having me. Really happy to be here, Chris. What inspired you to write? I mean, I've been writing my whole life. I kind of always knew I'd be a writer since I was a kid. But I also was a dancer and I owned a dance school and I'm also a professional artist. I paint and my I sell my paintings in throughout North America. So I think I'm just like an artist in general. I love creating and I design and build houses. So just like creating in general, but writing comes pretty natural for me. What were the pieces, whether it's art or movies or books that made you think I want to do that? You know, weirdly, when I watched the movie in the theater, Color Purple, I just like was so massively affected on every level that I just thought, oh, if I could just create a piece of art that said those things. I mean, you know, I don't come from that background, not that message, but just to be that impactful, that expressive. That was in my 20s when I saw that when it came out. And then I think reading Wuthering Heights as a young girl, you know, was so inspirational for me. And and then when I was a kid, I had a, a Viewmaster. Do you remember those things, Viewmaster? Absolutely. I had one too. <laughs> for whatever reason, I didn't have very many like little slides, but mine were of the Louvre in Paris. And I would look at them and look at them and I thought, just like the art, I was crazy about it. And then the first time I like traveled overseas on my own, I've done a lot of traveling, but the first time I went to Paris first and went to the Louvre on day one and just kind of cried my way through it and have always been deeply affected by creative expression, I would say. So you had that in your Viewmaster and you also create physical art. Yeah. And I had Bert and Ernie in mine. So I guess- <laughs> I, that explains a lot right now. I'm, I'm, it's all coming together now. <laughs> okay, tell us about the advice column. So the main character in the mystery novel is an advice columnist, like a relationship advice columnist. And she writes like best-selling relationship advice books. So I actually wrote now three of the books um, and she uses the pen name, The X whisperer So the books are written by The X whisperer Like my name's not on them. That's the whole thing, like life imitating art, imitating life. The main character writes these books, but these books are being published now by the publisher who's putting the mystery series out. I am a screenwriter. That's what I made my living at for years. And that was my first professional writing experience. You know, it's just boots to the ground. It's the cameras are rolling. It's costing $100,000 a minute when there's, you know, people aren't talking for the camera. So I write really, really fast, but it takes me a little while to sort through it and, and 
I'm a big outliner, but just from that background, but it takes me a while to like come up with the idea, but I might be gardening and doing all kinds of different things. And I feel like it's all percolating. So it's almost written in my head. And then when I go to write the book, I'm just typing. It comes out really, really fast. When you are setting this up in your mind, are you setting up the entire series or are you setting up just book by book? So this is my first novel. And I did think of it in terms of a series when I dreamt it up. And then I actually wrote the three self-help novels first, but knowing what I was doing. So I wrote those and then wrote the first book, but you know, it's in a small town and she has lots of family and quirky friends and things like that. So there's just loads of material for it. She turns 50 in the book and she's really pushing the reset button on her life. Her kids have left for university overseas and she's divorced and so a new empty nester. And then she decides to sell her home that, you know, her dream home that she built and raised her kids in has been there for 20 years and move up North. It takes place in the Toronto area. She goes a few hours further North um, and just kind of start a whole new life. The thing that I didn't expect to have happened in the book, I wasn't looking for it, but I ended up being really inspired by her gumption and her courage and kind of she was doing what I wanted to do and was afraid to do. And what I think a lot of middle-aged women are afraid to do. And I'm just like copying her now, like literally, I think it's like, I need to get original. I actually had no intention of selling my house, but just six months ago I did. And I moved to the same little town where I had sent her. I'm here now. She really did inspire me. And a lot of the people who've read the book early readers so far are like, just like, man, I want to be best friends with her. And I do too. (laughs) It's kind of like that. So she's just, I think doing what a lot of elder gals would love to do. And I hoping as well as entertaining, which I think is a super important thing. And I've always been entertaining. And I, I see that as a really high calling. Uh, be an entertainer, but also just to inspire. But what I'm surprised at is how pro-aging I've become through the journey of this. I actually started growing my silver hair out six months ago. It looks great, by the way. Oh, really I'm, this is the fugly stage. My daughter tells no, me the only person who still uses really fugly on the planet. No, it so, looks um, good. But I'm I'm just going to keep going. But you know, I just had found these like I don't know if you know on Instagram, Silver Sisters. And it's this whole movement of like ditch the dye and everything. And it's this like patriarchal prejudice, long forever view of, you know, men who let their silver hair grow and their silver foxes and women are letting themselves go. And there's just so many like cool gals who are rebelling against that. It almost reminds me of like the bra burning in the 60s, which I'm privy to. It's just super cool. And that inspires me. And she's that girl. I almost wish I had made her a bit older now. What can we expect in the series? How are we going to see her evolve? It's a humorous mystery. I describe the series as modern Janet Ivanovich meets middle-aged Bridget Jones. It's funny. It's It's irreverent. She's got a potty mouth. She's really authentic, like cringingly real, like all the embarrassing thing that has been like, like kind of hard to write and kind of fun to write at the same time. But I think I had a really hard time finding mystery novels, which I love to read. And I love humorous series. And 
you know, there's cozies and everyone's, they could be 60s, a lot of them are in their 60s, 70s, 80s. They're, they're asexual, they're, you know, they don't drink, they don't smoke pot, they don't do anything like that. And there's, I love them too. I love those books too. And then there's hard-boiled and I love hard-boiled detective fiction, but just for like mystery novels that have older women who are real and doing the things that me and all my friends are doing, I really couldn't find any. So I think that it's really unique in that way that she's a middle-aged woman who's doing all the things that middle-aged women are doing, like for real. I'm surprised that a lot of early readers have been like, whoa, it's like kind of scary, kind of suspenseful. I'm like, really? Like I, I didn't know it was like, that was a, an element to it as strongly, but I call it soft boil, but it's like cozy with an edge. You know, that's how I think of it. We've heard books begin with a question what is the thing that your main character is needing to know about herself? For me personally, as a writer writing this book, the question was, how do I get revenge on my ex-husband and not wind up in jail? For for my main character, her question in the book was, how do I find the courage to really be all alone? Because I'm freaking all alone. But how do I find the courage to be all alone and stand on my own two feet bravely and just like give it and take it and grow and, you know, succeed in all the ways I want to succeed? I think that was like what kept driving. And there's, she, she fails a lot of times in the book, as we do. But, you know, there's good stuff, too. But baby steps, you know, two steps forward, one step back. It's not easy to make that entertaining, but I feel like that's real. That's what's real, you know? Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, have you read uh, Finley Donovan is killing ah, it? I just ordered it and I'm late to the party for sure. But I just, well, I just it. listened to the audiobooks. It's a similar edge that I didn't expect to get. And it was so funny. I kind of wonder if like fans of this are going to enjoy this too. So that's kind of a, a neat yeah. piggyback on I really thought that my book would be targeted to women like 50 and up or maybe 40, 45, but you know, 50 and over and loads of bookstagrammers, which I love, I'm indebted to them, have read the book, read the arc just by nature of Instagram. Most of the bookstagrammers are very young women. Mm -hmm. I mean, in their twenties, I don't know if there's any in their forties, some in their thirties, most are in their twenties. And they all love Gina, the main character. It's just been beautiful, amazing reviews. And they're all just like, oh, I love her so much. Can't wait to finish. I'm like, wow, I thought you'd see her as like your friend's mom. But, you know, they don't. They relate. And I think it's just that because she's so real and really says what she's feeling. And it's the kind of things we're all feeling. But, you know, not easy to articulate, you know, unless you're sitting down with your girlfriend. No matter what age you are, you grow by learning other people's stories. I mean, that's the beauty of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And if you are in that position where you're in your 20s or 30s, and maybe you're not as happily married, or maybe you're not as happy with your job, and you've always wanted to do this, maybe hearing a story about someone who is your, your mom's age and how they're having to do it now while they have the chance. I mean, maybe that's the draw. Do it now. Do it whenever you know you can. Yeah, what I mean. You know what I mean? It's not over. Like, and that's the thing, you know, even like Forbes, you know, they always had the 30 under 30 list. Mm-hmm. And in June of this year, it was their first time they did a 50 over 50. 50 over right? 50. Yeah. And it's like, and all these women, and most of them are not 50, most of them are in their 60s, but it's like all these women are like saying, 
the first half of life is not necessarily the most dynamic part. And for these women, it absolutely wasn't. You know, it's Kamala Harris. It's all kinds of amazing women who are like killing it in that second part of life. And I think that's so inspiring, especially if you're home with little kids, because I was there, I had four kids under the age of five. And I was like, I'll never get out of here. I wanted, I had twins. And one time I was at McDonald's Playland and my twins were, I don't know, they were maybe like a year old. And a woman came up to me and said, don't worry, I have twins. And once they turn four, it gets so easy. I burst into tears, like I'll be dead before they're four. Like, I'm not gonna make it, you know, but it would be hard for me to write exclusively about that age group of a female lead now, I think. And I guess I'm not that interested in it anymore. You know, I'm really, I love female friends. I love women and I admire so much, you know, middle-aged women. Like I'm saying, these silver sisters on Instagram, I'm just like, wow, you're blowing me away. You're so empowered, just like, or just like, claiming your power and just like doing their thing. And I'm so impressed. So that really appeals to me. So I'm happy to write about it. So many of us are realizing that, you know, your twenties, thirties, forties, I mean, even into your forties, you're still thinking you're supposed to be this. And it's when your kids are off to college and you're looking around going, wait a minute, I should have been, I should have been writing back then. I should have been doing it. No, I was, you know, you, you look at those, those decisions you made and you look at why you made those decisions. And they're usually based on, well, I had kids at home, so I didn't want to work too much or, you know, and so I think it's, it's really refreshing to have the story and see what happens when now I've come into my own because we don't hear about, the, you know, now that Oprah's not on TV anymore, we don't hear about her all the time. Yeah. Those stories. True. That's true, man. Yeah. What is that something special readers will always get when they're reading your books? I think an uplifting time. I think in general, even when it's a bit scary or whatever, or we're feeling for Gina, I think there's always that bit of humor there, which for me is a lifesaver. You know, so many women write into me asking for advice and everything. And I just think, you know, there's technology. We all got disconnected. And then the pandemic, like it's impossible to connect for so many people or was for so long and still hard for many. There's so many lonely people. There are so many people desperate for connection and it's hard to get it online. You know, it, it's better than, than nothing, but it's, it's hard to get it online. But right now for a lot of people, they don't have another choice. And I'm feeling pretty isolated and lonely. I mean, I live in the middle of nowhere, but it's a choice, but I'm like a diehard introvert. And I still feel hungry for connection. You know, I think that's what they get out of my book. I think they really feel they've met a friend and get to go along for the ride. And it's kind of like sitting down at the, the kitchen table with a coffee and, and chatting. And I feel like it's that. And that's what I was trying to do. What is next for you? So I did the three self-help books and the first mystery in the series. And they're all coming out November 9th. And then next July, it's number two in the mystery series and number four for the self-help book. And the following July, it's third in the mystery series and fifth for the self-help book. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, oh. it's exciting. So quiet second chapter of life, right? I've had some interest from a couple of production companies already. So it's awesome. And who knows, but if it were to happen, I'd like to be involved with that writing too, because I am a screenwriter. So could just get way too much on my plate and... I don't know. 
end up somewhere really bad, but yeah, okay, I, will, I will give it a shot. Give it a shot. Try it all. Yeah. What are you reading now? I just finished Girls Are Also Nice Here. She's a Canadian author. It's being made into a movie. It's a college reunion. So characters are all, you know, 35. And and I also just finished Thursday Murder Club. And um, this book is also doing fantastic. And it was also excellent. It's a retirement home. So all the characters in their 70s and 80s. And I loved it. Alice Hoffman is my all-time favorite author and I'm rereading magic lessons, but I know just, I think two days ago, I'll be the fourth one just came out. And Amy McKay is a Canadian author. She lives in New Brunswick. She might've been born in the States, the witches of New York. She has a few witches books. So it's Halloween and I'm going to do the witches books for the next few weeks. Yeah. There's about six or seven like sisters in crime members who are published authors who are within an hour and a half drive. And we're all going to get together at a, at a cafe. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're all like online trying to plan it. And it's just that, you know, I just want to do more and more and more supporting of other authors. I never look at it like as a pie that everyone can just get a slice of. There's an infinite amount of abundance to go around. And, you know, in the world, no one needs to be hungry. There's so much food that gets thrown out. It's you know, one of the biggest travesties and tragedies in the world. And it's the same thing with money and fame and all those things and good reviews. There's unlimited abundance. And I just really think the more we give, the more we get. That's not the reason to do it, but it's just what happens. You know? We have to do it for each other because there's so many obstacles and so many roadblocks. And we just, we're really strengthened numbers here for sure. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Camille Pagan said to me one day, may we all have the confidence of a middle-aged white man. Right? <laughs> yeah. Only the confidence, nothing else. <laughs> and, and I love, I love talking to authors from all genres and I love talking to authors of both sexes. And anything we can do to support writers of color and, you know, there's so much work to be done and just do it with like a generous, open heart. That's what I'm shooting for. And in your view, what is good writing? For me, good writing is true writing, which Hemingway said. I love Key West. And mm. every time I go, I go to his old home there. It's kind of a museum. And I just bought something that I keep framed over my writing desk. And it's just like a drawing of him, but it just says good writing is true writing, which apparently, according to them, is one of his, his quotes. And I really think that's so true. And that's what I'm trying to do in the mystery novel too, just that authenticity. And it's uncomfortable, but it's so important. And I think that's what people respond to online, whether it's, you know, celebrities or or Facebook or Instagram or anything, when people are really being real and raw, sometimes at first, you know, it's shocking. It's shocking. And like, I'm not a big, say, Chrissy Teigen fan personally, but she's a fabulous person, you know, but there's little issues there, but I'm, I'm just not a fan of many celebrities in general. But when she was open about her miscarriage last year, at first, a lot of people were like shocked and, and even disgusted, you know, it's supposed to be private or whatever. But then I actually wasn't sure how I felt about it. And then there were so many women online who were like, this has made me feel normal. This has helped me to grieve. This has made me, and I thought there really is a place for that. And it's probably need way more real estate than we allow now. We're just not used to it, but 
people need it. So let's, let's just do it. Let's just be real like warts and all. Ed, what is the best writing advice you've received? The best writing advice I've received, I would say is don't get it right, get it written. Because it's just sometimes such hard slogging. And I've been there and I have writer friends who've been there where, you know, whether it's writer's block, whatever you want to call it. And you just sit there and hours go by and it doesn't come. And then days and weeks and months can go by. And I think it's good advice. Just, just write, even if you know you're going to throw it out, even if you, it, it, it opens the dam, the top, you know, and I think just to every day, get your seat in the seat and type. And then funny enough, sometimes you look back at it and there's some good stuff there, right? What are some tools that you would recommend to new writers? Some people say that you learn to write by writing, but I really think you learn to write by reading. I think the best tools for writers are reading books, books you love, the kind of books you would like to write. And then I think online now, there's just so much support like between writers and to join groups. And there's loads of, you know, on Facebook and everything, groups of, of, you know, aspiring writers and everything else. And I think there's really a lot of value in that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chris. I'm so happy to be here. To learn more about Gabrielle, visit GabrielleStGeorge.com. Music by Pavel Uden and photography by Casey Meineke. If you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button and consider leaving a review. 